I'm Jake Cornell. I'm a comedian in New York City, and for the past 10 years, I've been living and breathing the restaurant industry. This is a show where I'll be talking to comedians, actors, bartenders, chefs, and restaurant owners about all things going out. We'll talk about restaurants, bars, staying in, drinking, not drinking, and whatever else we want. This is Going Out with Jake Cornell. forgot to do the like intro to the intro wait <laughs> we just didn't we just like we're talking about astrology and got distracted does that mean we don't have to do it anymore i don't know guys write in <laughs> because there is the pre-recorded intro like the hi i'm jay cornell and this is so is yeah. it redundant to them they know what show they're listening to that's so true i think i might nix it okay they know who you are at this point because that's what it was we were introducing you and at this point it's like we know you that's so true. We've been getting to know you. You've been on for like 15 episodes now. Yeah, next it. Okay. Sup. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is awkward. No. Um, <laughs> I'm very excited because it's it's my birthday week, so I have birthday plans. So wait, what are your, all your birthday plans? So, this is like full Scorpio season. We're in. We're in Scorpio season. We're in full Scorpio season. So I have tonight I'm seeing, tonight I'm going to my best friend's house. I'm buying snacks and we're watching The Mole because I haven't watched The Mole yet on Netflix, like the new I season. Either. I'm really excited. No spoilers, don't sign in. It's been like the fight of my life that I haven't had time to watch it until now, and so I'm really excited. How many seasons have there been? Well, so it was a show in the early 2000s. Okay. And then it got canceled. Like it hasn't been, there hasn't been an American season in like, two, like probably so this 16 is, this years. So this is like new because I've never heard of it until it's I saw so it on good. my Netflix. It's so good. The original, it's also, I have like a personal connection to it because two of the bar, two men who bartend at the Exley have both been on the old mole. Oh my God. So it's like, I just like know, it's like, I just love the mole. It's a weird show, but it's good. I have like a little bit of trouble with competition reality shows. Because? I don't know. It's just like, I'm not a competitive person. And when these people are like really caring about it, I just like can't get there. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. I think it gets, it's. I think it's more about the, like, I I think, like, I think you would maybe be more into this or, like, a survivor where it's really about, like, the interpersonal dynamics. Like, That's it's less, like, like, Top Chef where it's, like, make this dish perfectly. Like, yeah. I, that can get I a little want, dry like, for me, too. I, like, I'm sure this one has, like, drama between the people. Well, that's right? the whole thing. Because do you know what the premise of the mole is? I'm guessing one person's the mole. <laughs> right. So it's, like, you're trying to figure out the whole season who Who's the, mole the mole is, which is very fun. So... Do you as the viewer know or no, no not even? Okay. No. So Interesting. you're also going along being like, I think it's Katie. I think it's Jake. Like whatever. So we're doing that tonight. And then we're seeing Rina Sawayama, who I love. That is so sick. I know. I'm excited. And then. I got to see them once. I'm doing. Wait, I went to see her. Wait, were we at the same show? Did you just see her at Brooklyn Steel like a few months ago? No, she actually came to my college for our, like spring weekend before she was big. That's so sick. It was really cool. Did Brown, I feel like Brown got good. Like, did you guys have like the big concert? I feel like every college had this, right? Like, yeah, we had a big spring weekend. Every yeah, ours year. was called Spring Fest. Yeah. And ours, ours, mine was like a disaster every year I went. It was like never good. Ours, we had like good people. We had like Anderson Pock one year. Like, fuck off. Yeah, my we freshman did. year, we were supposed to have Questlove, but then something happened and the whole venue ran out. <laughs> like, the people who ran it at my college were a joke, like the UVM one. 
sorry guys if you did, but like it was a disaster. My freshman year, it was an absolute disaster. Like they put it in a gym because it was supposed to rain. And then the day of the thing, it didn't rain. It was absolutely gorgeous weather, but it was indoors. So no one wanted to go. And then the gym lost power. And also Questlove was supposed to perform, but I think he missed his flight or couldn't perform. Like (laughs) Questlove did not perform. Like the whole thing was like a disaster. Oh my God. I was abroad sophomore year. I don't remember who did it. I have no concept of it. And then I truly, I remember like one year it was, someone I didn't care about. And then one year it was MGMT. We literally had Mitski. Fuck you. I'm serious. Okay. Sorry. The audio cut out, but we're back. Katie, Katie had Mitski at her screen. My UVM college things are so, okay, hold on. We had so many good people. I had Anderson Pock, Whitney, Rico Nasty, Rina Samoyama, (laughs) like Princess Nokia, Erica Badu, Young Thug. We had so many great people. Okay, here, hold on. I've pulled up the posters for all four years and they Amazing. are- Amazing. Comically, like, I'm- <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, like the, all what? the- all I could of... literally, who did these? Who are the other people you had? Oh yeah, this was the other year. You know Daniel Caesar? Yes. We had Daniel Caesar in 2019 with Amine and Mitski. Mitski wasn't even the headliner. You had Amine? Yeah. Oh, is that how you say it? Amine? <laughs> So I think stupid. it's Amine. I've been saying it like anime, but the, the letters switched. I think it's Amine. Okay, Amine. Wait, okay. I'm going to read you everyone who's performed. Okay, <laughs> okay, cool. This is, mind you, you just listened listed, uh, what, 10 different artists that I actively listen to? All right. Yeah. My freshman year, The Roots, who, by the way, I don't think actually performed, and if they did, it was like hours and hours late. Wait, I don't even know that band. The, the Roots? Roots? That's like Questlove. Like, uh, they're, now, they're now the house band on The Tonight Show. Okay, okay, okay. But they they are like a very popular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. But again, like not up and coming. Like at this point, they were on their like, they were in their like retirement era of like we're on Jimmy Fallon and we just like do the Jimmy Fallon thing. Right, but right, like, right. They weren't like a hot new band in 2011. No, that's why I was confused. I was like, wait, is that a new <laughs> All right, here okay. we go. Here, get ready. If okay. you think you didn't, haven't heard of them. Okay. All right, so The Roots, Thievery Corporation, Brothers McCann, Fridge and the Spins. These sound like fake, like and <laughs> Potbelly. Okay, great. Potbelly. Moving on to 2012. <laughs> Dylan Francis, Soul Live, and Slow Loris. Slow Loris. Moving on to 2013. We had MGMT. Great. Okay. Boombox. Bible camp sleepover and someone named Will Overman and friends. Like what was I pa- like? <laughs> these sound like really like these sound like fake indie rock bands. UVM is a bigger college than Brown. No I guess my, Brown had more money, but how many, what's Brown? Okay. And then my, and then I don't even, small, re- I don't even remember my 2014 spring fest, but it's atmosphere, rack, tan lines and someone named Tar Iguana. Like what? Did I go to college for, like, what is this? I mean, did you guys have like sports? Did you guys have teams? We had a hockey team and we had a basketball team. Okay. We didn't have like, football. Our sports were all like comically bad. So like, I, I'm wondering if they just like funded okay, well, these, this these and not the sports. Okay, well these spring concerts are comically bad. <laughs> maybe they, maybe if you they were funded on the UVM the program board, I'm so sorry that I'm dragging you through the mud, but like, <laughs> these are brutal. Like, what was it this, what was it in 2019? Cause I feel like obviously COVID probably fucked up the new ones, but like UVM Spring Fest 2019, let's look. Wait, oh no, God. don't tell me that. What? It they, wasn't did even they a get com- good? It wasn't even. <laughs> what, what, what? Um, hold on. Wait, who performed? I'm just looking at last year's one. Brown oh, wait, they had Rico Nasty. 
Oh, they did. They did have Rico Nasty. That's cool. There's overlap now. <laughs> but we okay. In the past, Springfest has had a has a had a. Wait, okay. So I just went to UVM during the trash era because since then they've had Playboy Cardi and Tudor Cinema Club. Okay, that's. That's Wait, now exciting. I'm mad. Okay, if you went to college with me at UVM and you were on the UVM program board, I, I doubt you're successful now because you were really bad at your job. I'm mad. Okay, yeah. this is me. You're looking at me. Your <laughs> eyes, your eyes are like, hey, you're actually being really mean. <laughs> I was just kind of like, what if this person? <laughs> They're probably like, you're right. I'm not successful. My mom's not proud. <laughs> okay, in 2018, they had Playboy Cardi. Now I'm just looking at all the previous years and I'm mad. Like... <laughs> No, but I am. I was just being mean there. I'm sorry. Like no, no, it's no, no, just, no. It's true. You guys got terrible. Like you, you really did get the short end of the stick. They had Cinema Club because, in 2017. Because now like, you're showing that it's possible. They did have the funding to do. No, literally, the, <laughs> the second I left UVM, they started getting better, like better programming. <laughs> this is actually like, really funny. I'm pissed <laughs> off. Like, <laughs> just like okay, like I guess. Um, okay, wait. So this wait, is who is it this year? Hold on. Or in 2022, it was. Wait. Now I want to know. I'm like, they're like, if it was, if it was as good as like it was when I went there, like I'd be doing UVM Spring Fest this year. Like that's what the level it was. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. I'm dead fucking serious. Wait, this is a real question. Do you sing? No. It, that's like a more complicated question than that though. Like, because I did like, um, I did like, um, wait, they had Young Gravy. <laughs> For Fall Fest, not even Spring Fest. They had Young Gravy for Fall Fest on in September. Wait, that's at least it's so like, at least it's like funny. culturally relevant, you know? Wait, that's so funny that they did that. Wait, what was Spring Fest last year? No, I don't sing. I did I did music all through high school. So you were like a musical theater kid in high school? Well, no. I, I, yes, I did, I did musicals in high school, but I was never cast in, like, a big role. So I wasn't, like, singing. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I did, like, the... You were in, like, the chorus. I did chorus, and I did, like, the singing ensembles. Like, the all men's, like, the men singing ensemble and the chamber singers. But it was less, like... Chamber singers? That was, like, the co-ed one. I don't know why it was... I don't know why oh. it was called chamber singers. Is it, singers. like, acapella? Is that what this uh, is? Um, or are they... No, I... No, it was not acapella. Like there was, it was accompanied. Okay, because acapella culture, hell, is hell, 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 hell. What Wait, was okay, that? What's that one like really famous acapella group? Um, Pentatonix. Thank you. Oh my god. Okay, I can't figure out who. Okay, um, Springfest last year was Saint John. <laughs> Do you know who that is? No. Wait, and the what is it called? Just, just Saint John. It's like essay, it's but without the O and John. They have eight hundred sixty-eight Insta eight hundred sixty-eight thousand Instagram followers, so they seem famous. Okay, okay. I've never heard of it. But. Whatever. Moving on. Um, glad that I had. Okay, whatever. It's just a different time. Yeah. It's funny they had Young Gravy for Fall Fest. That's really funny. That to is me. so funny. Um, no, but I did sing a bit in high school, but not like a ton. Like I or like no, that's not. I just like. You're not like passionate about singing. And I don't think I ever got good at it. Is the thing. I guess what I'm saying. Like I don't. And if I were to sing okay. now, I. Also, oh, like this is a this is a huge part of it. I'm also stupid, so <laughs> I like everyone would be like, oh, like you can you read music? And I was like, yeah, I can read music. And then truly one day I was like, the lyrics are in English. Like, what are you talking? About? Like, I didn't understand that people were like reading the notes. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, no, that actually is crazy that people can do that. No, and it's like insane. So it's like I don't even know. Like I was I was singing all through high school, and I was kind of like faking that I knew it. Like people would be like, okay, it's an A, and I was like, 
like I don't know what things sound like. I don't know how music works. Yeah, me neither. But I also kind of feel I've like also had this thought where it's like, I also part of me like doesn't want it. Like I thought you don't want to know how it works. Well, if I had money and time, part of me is like I would take singing lessons and like learn how to sing because like the thing about singing is like it looks fun if you're good at it, but I'm not good at it. So I could take lessons to get good at it. But at the same time, like singing, like music is the only art form I've never really tried to learn and master or get Mm -hmm. involved in. And so I can like listen to music or watch music and I'm not like thinking about it like analytically. Like I Mm -hmm. am not in terms of like, I can see the working parts or I can see the like machinations behind it. Whereas like with movies and TV and theater and stand up, like I very much can. So I'm like, do I want to keep one art form that's like that for me? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I actually, this is something I wonder all the time. Like as someone who writes scripts and like, you know, whatever, like does, does it ever affect the way you watch films or shows like 100%. do you ever like picture them writing it when oh, you're watching oh, literally it? all the time because i don't even do that like i don't even obviously i don't write scripts yeah. but like even when i'm watching it sometimes i'm like oh i can so see them in their writing room like thinking this is such a good joke or like a hundred percent no i definitely think about almost everything that way okay that's funny because like i feel like most people that don't do that like i don't know maybe they Maybe they do. Maybe everybody does. But I yeah. feel like it, I feel like if it were me and I knew like too much about the process, it would maybe ruin it for me. Yeah, I don't know that it ruins it. It just changes it. But to that effect, with music, I'm I purely like feel like I actually go on like I feel like with music, I go on like the emotional journey that the writer was like intending, and I'm not like yeah thinking about it as like a songwriter. Like I don't know what a couplet is. I don't know what a triplet is. Like I actually literally don't. I know those are like music terms. I don't know what they are. Yeah. When someone's like the chord progression, I'm like, I don't know what that sounds like. Like, I don't know. Like, I can't talk to you analytically about music at all. And I'm like, does that make me enjoy it more? Probably. Like, I don't know. I don't think I need to know what those things are to enjoy it. I, you definitely don't. You definitely don't. I guess what I'm like, I think (laughs) I use them. I think my thought mostly is like, I use music to like emotionally process a lot. Like I'm feeling sad. I'll listen to a sad song. Mm -hmm. If I'm I'm like in a good mood, I'll listen to excite or sometimes and vice versa. Like music can sometimes affect my mood and make me feel excited or whatever. And it's like, would that go away if I could see, if I knew the mechanics of music, if I knew the mechanics of songs, would that, would the the emotional effect that they have on me be less effective? Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Whereas like, for example, like if you're watching stand up and you really know joke structure, maybe you can see it like a, maybe a punchline is not as surprising to you as it would be if you like don't know like things like that. I'm like, I yeah. wonder, I feel like my ignorance helps me get more emotion out of music. I don't know if that's true, but I do think it sometimes. I feel like with music, cause the only, like I, I studied like a little bit of music history in college just because I think it's interesting. Like I didn't know anything about like music theory. Like I cannot read music or anything. But I do think knowing about like the history behind music makes it really interesting. And then when you listen to stuff, you can like see the what they're referencing, and that's cool. Yeah, but that to me is not about like the actual because music is like mathematical. Do you know what I mean? And it's like that. I don't have anything to. No, I agree. But history and context is different. I think that heightens it like that part of knowing yes but the part of actually like the structure of a song i don't don't give me that i don't want that absolutely <laughs> is there a ghost in here did the ac just come on what is that do you feel like how the room just got so cold it did ghost or ac is there ac wait there's not there's an literally AC not an ac <gasps> right here. i just felt that too it was it was noticeable right okay and it's the day after halloween that's spooky the veil is thin wait how did your brawny wait you didn't do brawny this year did you no, I ended up doing, I ended up, well, I only dressed Halloween. up on Friday and I went to like a Halloween party and I ended up not wearing a shirt and bringing a um, green hula hoop and I was a close friend story. <laughs> 
which was That's really good. It is funny. Like I do like the joke of it, but carrying a hula hoop around is actually a fucking pain in the ass. Like a hula hoop on the subway is a pain in the ass. Oh my god. And a hula hoop like at a party is that. a pain in the ass. Like I was like, this is annoying. Yeah, I don't think costumes that have props work super well in New York. No, they really don't. I also, let me just say this and then we can get into the episode. Like, let me really just say this. Like, I, like, I, I, I'm from New England. Like, I, like, Halloween to me is, like, ooky spooky. Like, I want scary spooky. Mm -hmm. I want witches. I want vampires. I want werewolves. I want, like, crunchy leaves. I want candy. I want a little bit of magic. And I want a little bit of frights. New York Halloween is very, like, ironic detachment, punny costumes. I'm guilty of it, too. I literally was a close friend. But I, because I was going to a party where that's what it was going to be. Like, people, like, people were dressed up as, like, I don't know, like, Every everyone's costume was like slutty or a joke or a slutty joke. Yeah. And it's like, I want spooky. Fall is where the suburbs thrive. Yes. Because that is something the suburbs does so well. I'm pro Halloween in the suburbs and I'm pro Halloween in like a small town. Halloween in New York, not my favorite. Yeah. It's not my favorite. It's watered down. I mean, like, I even feel kind of bad for the children that are like that, that that's their trick or treating and like they're staying in one building. Like there's something that was so fun about like riding your bike around the neighborhood and your Don't costume. You, when you think about trick or treating like in the sub, well, maybe because you're from, were you in living in North Carolina when you were trick or treating? Yeah. yeah. I wonder maybe because it wasn't as chilly. There's like a smell of like what the outside is like in fall. I think it's like the leaves on the ground and like the decay. Like that is like, I'm like, oh, I can smell that memory. It always depended on the year. Some year it was still like very much summer. And yeah, then some totally. years it was fall. It's like Christmas where sometimes it's white and sometimes it's like fully just like fall. Yeah. yeah. But it, I do, I get what you're saying. Cause like, I get that when I go to the beach, like it has a smell. Like, you know, when oh, you like I mean, land. The beach definitely it, has a smell. But I also feel like fall has a smell. And like the first day of fall every year, like I'm like, I walk out, I'm like, oh, it's fall. Yeah. I just like, <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about that a lot this year. I was like, I don't think Halloween in New York, like I love New York, it's home. But like, mm -hmm. I don't think like Halloween specifically is one of the few things that I, I think is actually not as good in New York. And to be fair, the accessibility of candy here is Constant. Constant. You could Constant. have candy all the time. And any kind. Yeah. It's a little different. Like wait, speaking of which, Danielle just told me those sweets. Okay, wait, so for context for the listener, I'm we're in the Vine Pear studio last week and I find this box of gummies, these like cherry gummies that I'm telling you right now are the best gummies I've ever had in my life. And I eat gummies. Like I love gummies. Mm -hmm. She said she bought them across the street. Oh my god, it just like Yeah, I'm gonna go. Well now everyone knows where the office this office is. <laughs> Um, I am going across the street after this and buying them because I was on the website. I was going to do a bulk order because they have a lot of different kinds. I'm like hoping they have more than one kind. Oh my God. I want to come with you. Uh, yeah, I'm going to, and I'm going to, because I'm going to David's after this to watch the mole and I'm going to ring the, the candy. Okay, amazing. Okay, also, perfect. sorry for doxing you, Adam. <laughs> we can probably bleep it. <laughs> um, it would be funny. Um, moving forward to the episode. Oh my God. The, wait, this episode is so fun. Oh, and we really talk shit on it. I'm gonna have to do a listen through because we're gonna. We're, there's some stuff that has to get edited out of this one. There's actually a lot that has to get edited out of this one. Um, don't worry, there's still plenty to be kept in for you to enjoy. <laughs> um, you, if you don't listen to these guest podcasts, you have to. They are so so fantastic. Um, every week they read a different celebrity memoir and they go in on it and their their opinions are unfiltered. They are both fantastic stand-up comedians and I've hung out with them since doing this podcast and it's been so fun. Um, go check out their podcast. Um, I know them as Ashley Hamilton. I know them as Ashley Hamilton <laughs> and Claire Parker, but you may know them as Celebrity Memoir Book Club. So please enjoy me going out with Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Very fun. I love having you on either side. This is really great. 
Um, okay, wait. So we were just shit talking Blank Street. We were just talking about coffee, but you said you had a crazy experience in Fort Greene last night. I did. Um, okay, so last night I went and got dinner in Fort Greene, and I wasn't even planning to get dinner. I was planning to go on a walk. We were planning on getting to go drinks at Fort at Walters. And then to going, but it turns out you can't do that anymore. The pandemic's over. Did yeah, you know? You can't do to go drinks. They brought it back for the summer, but I guess the pandemic's back over. Okay, how long does it take to pass a law? Because I feel like <laughs> the way that they have just been turning it on and off, I do think it feels a- like they could do something about. Other problem. It's a tweet. I think when it comes to go to go drinks, they're just like when I tweet it's on, it's on, and when I tweet it's off, it's off. So you gotta leave, leave notifications on. It's a little bit of that, and I also think it's a little bit of like restaurants doing it, getting in trouble, and then being like, actually, the law changed, and it's like, no, you just stop doing it. Do you know what I mean? I really do think they maybe just had no plastic cups, and they were like, ah, <laughs> Kathy Hutskull or whatever her or name is. Like one manager that's working. <laughs> no, but it's like they were like, it's like. There's one manager that'll let them do it, and there's like one that won't. Do you know what I mean? It's yes. like something like that, and they're just like lying. It's very saying, much good parent, bad parent, and whoever was working that night just didn't feel like going to the other parent and getting a second. Yeah, it's like when I worked in restaurants, and if I did, if the customer really wanted to do something, and we for whatever reason couldn't do it, or I didn't feel like it, I would say it was against fire code. That was like my go-to. I line. love that. So like, you can't argue with fire yeah, code. I like, carbon hour to go, and I was like, it's actually really against the fire code. <laughs> like, and I was like, sorry. I used to tell people we were closed sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a huge issue. <laughs> and then I remember one time I was we had I worked during college my last semester. College, I worked at Lucy's Cantina Royale, which is a restaurant next door to Port Authority. No, Penn Station. It is a rooftop. Did they make you wear the dress? Y- yes. Oh, oh you know God. exactly what I'm talking about. The dress and the cowboy boots. And yeah, I was always I- like, this isn't cultural appropriation because there is no culture that does Hawaiian denim <laughs> tank dresses and cowboy <laughs> boots from Payless. Yes, one of my best friends, Casey, and I became like, we were taking a UCB class together. And after class one day, we like weren't close yet. And we were like, do you want to go drink a picture of margaritas at that weird place? And we did. And now we're like best friends. That, okay, so I worked you there. You used to spill the margaritas all over yourself. I, Oh my god! Maybe you I, served us the jalapeno picture we had. I hope so. I we, they had those things called like a a Corona Rita or whatever, where they do a margarita in a big plastic the, cup yeah. with a Corona on top. The amount of times people would bump into me and just the entire slushy <laughs> and Corona would go down my dress, and I never washed that dress because I left it at work or I left it at work, which is disgusting. And then when I finally quit. I took the dress home with me and I remember my dad like washed it and he had to soak it in the tub like it was a sofa cushion from a vintage shop. <laughs> he just like left it in there and the dirt that came pouring out of it, it was years of, no, it was like six months of margaritas though. That's still disgusting. Okay. $4,000 of margaritas. Walters. Yeah, wait, we have Walters. Yes, okay. okay. So I get there and the hostess was the sweetest woman in the world. She actually listened to our podcast, so she I knew me. That. And she was like, what's up? And I was like, what's up? And she's like, we have a celebrity here, and now we have you. And I was like, and those are two different. So I was like, <laughs> we have celebrity, and we have somebody with a TikTok account. <laughs> <laughs> the two highest forms of American currency. Um, and so she's like, and I was like, who is it? And she's like, it's Louis C.K. And I was like, wild. And then she's like, I was like, I think he is still an active predator. I've heard. And she's like, well, well I was going to reliable sources. And then she's like, bad still. Yeah. But, but it's not like he was like, I'm going to get better. That's like not what he said he was going to do. But no, you he think was like, I'm sorry. I hurt your feelings. <laughs> And then I'm so, sorry you were bothered by that. <laughs> I guess I thought you would have been quieter about it, but I guess like once it's out, it's out. Yeah. Um. He, anyway, so she sits us next to him. He's getting dinner with Darren Aronofsky. Oh my god! So like Evil Men Central. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Darren Aronofsky did Requiem for a Dream. He did Black Swan, and then he did Mother, where he famously dated Jennifer Lawrence and then made her scream until her like lungs exploded yeah. or something. Yeah. yeah, horrific. I saw Mother and felt physically sick after. It was one of the worst experiences of my life. Yes. I and mean, that's like the purpose wow. of the movie. Like they achieved what they were going for. But for what? There's already so much sickness that's in the planet. That's not a noble cause to me. No, that was the thing. Is I was like, I don't know why I needed this. Like this wasn't, I'm not, 
like I was like, good job at achieving this. I don't know why you wanted to achieve it. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you can just not say something. And I think that that's a fact that a lot of influencers forget and like our content creators is something that I strive to remember that like you don't actually have to say something about everything. Not every point needs to be made. Darren Aronofsky is my least favorite influencers like content creator. <laughs> <laughs> I they, will say though, there are like male directors who like their whole goal with a project is to like fuck you up. And you're like, but why? My favorite quote Why of all can't time? your goal be to make me laugh? <laughs> so my favorite, my this is like a true fact. My favorite celebrity quote of literally all time. This is a quote. I have like, corroborated it multiple times because every time I say it out loud, I doubt that it's true. Like a few years ago, because you know how like James Cameron's been making Avatar 2 for like 10 years, like 15 years at this point. Is he still doing that? It's coming out in, in December. Enough. So, so <laughs> enough with the avatars. Like, Find a real alien. Like three. <laughs> we have the technology. <laughs> three years ago, like three years ago, they were like, tell us about Avatar 2. And James Cameron, Cameron's quote on Avatar 2, he literally goes, Avatar 2. <laughs> he literally goes, this is the headline on The Hollywood Reporter. James Cameron says, the, says Avatar 2 will make you shit your pants <laughs> with your mouth wide open. <laughs> I, oh my God, I hope so. Human centipede style. <laughs> what? James. I want him sued for that. That is a bad goal for a movie. That is not noble art for anyone who gave him funding to make that fucking shit show. <laughs> Wait, so you're sitting in Walters. I'm sitting in Walters. They are discussing how great Stranger Things is. <laughs> Darren Aronofsky, I, started, I didn't know who he was at first, but I knew he was famous and my fear was that he was a comedian I didn't recognize and I felt like a fraud in my own craft being like, I bet that that's a famous comedian. I don't recognize him and I, I, I'm not doing my homework well. And then I made them go like look at the names and they came back and they called him Seth for some reason. They're like, his name is Seth. And I was, and they're like, but he did recommend for a dream. And I was like, hmm. And I looked it up and I was like, no, that was Darren. Anyway, he was thinking he wanted to get a movie made, but somebody was like, you need to study Stranger Things because that's the thing to be. And then Louis C.K. goes, that's one of the best things that's been made in the decade is Stranger Things. And I'm like, Shut interesting. So Who knew that Stranger Things was like the artist's art? <laughs> that is really wild. Okay, so... This is like the general crazy part. So they're sitting there. I'm trying not to listen. We could not have been closer. I the can't tables there are close. And it was, I looked up online because I was trying <laughs> to send a diagram to my friends to be like, you don't understand how close I was with these people. You tried to find a diagram of the restaurant on the internet? Well, I tried to find a like photo a of the, <laughs> I tried to get into their POS or whatever it was called. I was like. <laughs> hacking resi. If the hostess Wormy could possibly DM Claire the seating chart, I think she'd really appreciate it. No, I was looking on G Google for like photos of outside so I could express to people. But on the photos outside, the, the tables are staggered. When I was there, they were not staggered. They were clearly pushed together for a Ford top and then slightly spread for a two top. So like we were 10 inches away. We were closer than you and I are right now. That's in time. And we're in a closet. So <laughs> I know you guys can't see. Anyway, so they're sitting there and I'm trying not to listen, but also like if something drifts into my ear, I can't help it. It's public property. It's no, the air. No, that's not eavesdropping if they're within the spread of your ear. No, like the premise that's... of eavesdropping is that you're up in the eaves of a roof. You were sitting next to them. <laughs> yeah, I was, is we were true? sharing a meal more or less. Yeah, like you're in the eaves, like listening from above. Huh. I've never heard that. I've never even heard the word eaves. <laughs> I thought Eves was like at night and at night like, you're listening close. I'm like Eve. No, it's E-A-V. Evesning. Evesning listening. Okay, so you're, you have your little megaphone up to listen to these two. And it's just my ear. My megaphone is my ear and I cannot help it that I have acute listening. Um, and I have ADD. So like, even if I'm talking to somebody, like I'm listening. Anyway, so they get up and go and we're like, wow, New York City, baby. You could just sit next to anybody. You could sit next to anybody. Oh my God, this story gets so crazy. <laughs> so then we're sitting, I'm still having a conversation. We're having a long dinner and I hear, oh my God, is that a famous podcaster? But said ironically, said as a joke. And I look and who do I see? This is, gonna, this is not for the general public. This is going to use backstory. But in March, I went through a horrific best friend breakup where my best friend of 10 years 
the person I love most sent me an email basically being like, I've thought about it and you're not someone I want to be friends with anymore. And it was vicious. It sent me back to therapy. It was like my spring kind of revolved around that. Literally, That's like it was, the sequel to Mother. It's all I think. like Mother too. It's kind of like Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> it really makes you uncomfortable and then you throw up. It was very Black Swan actually, I guess, right? That's a kind of a female dynamic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I felt defeated. So that was like truly the worst thing that happened to me this year, I would say. Um, and yeah. she, a big factor, I think, in our breakup was she had a new boyfriend who I do believe like went in there and exacerbated. Spencer Pratt. Existing like Spencer Pratt. Yes. A Spencer Pratt-esque character yeah, yeah. who like really comes in and like then when he has her ear at home is like Claire was kind of a bitch to you. Yeah, exactly. And so they live in Wisconsin. So it's like not a problem. I don't see them. I turn to my right and it's fucking him. No, it's not. It's my... Like the literally probably my biggest enemy in the world. Not like my enemy, but like the person who, who has called me the most, most physical pain in the last five years that I would want the and least. He wasn't in the, with her. No, he was like meeting with a friend, and he like they're from Wisconsin. He had, like, he why was hi. he here in her space? I and didn't even know it was in why Brooklyn. Did he say anything. That's he, the crazy because I didn't notice him, and then he was kind of rude to. I was sitting there with my friend, and so we had to like say hi and introduce each other. And he was kind of rude to my friend in this really weird way because he works in podcasts, and the guy he was with actually works in podcasts. So we were all like, ah, podcasts. I'm and sorry, it, people work in podcasts in Wisconsin. Yeah, I do. Well, believe the thing it's like with a podcasts <laughs> is you can do it anywhere. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. If you have internet, you could end them. But like, he like produces. But them. they have internet in Wisconsin, which a lot of people don't know. <laughs> It's relatively new. Yeah, just sort of like, okay, it's coming fine. out with Avatar 2. <laughs> they run wires through blocks of cheese. <laughs> and I just like, but of all the people in the world to sit within 10 feet of no, me or 10 inches. And I was just like, hell. he did say this weird thing. So my friend, she's a TikToker, Cece. She was a lawyer and now she's becoming an author. And I was like, oh, this is her. She was a lawyer, author. And, I goes, and she's like, yeah, I'm actually also thinking of doing a podcast. And I swear to God, he goes, yeah, because there aren't enough already. Iconic. Slay. And hey, I was like, what, what an insanely rude thing to say to somebody you've, you're meeting for truly 30 seconds that you'll never see again. If there's too many podcasts, how about yours goes away? Yeah. Guy. And what? I think he's in the business of producing like one-off podcasts for like companies. So I'm kind of like, you're like a mass. I don't know, man. One-off podcast. Like he'll do like a season. Okay, I was like one off, but like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just a voice note. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So anyway, I was just like, is this like the table for the most evil men in the world? Why am I sitting here? How did I? I felt like I was in Friends because New York is huge. There's no, so many. That's really crazy. even in this restaurant. If he had been sitting literally anywhere else, I wouldn't have noticed him. That's yeah. That's what's cursed about it. It also, Walters is not like, it's not like if you're visiting from Wisconsin, you're going to Fort Greene. That's like not. I know, didn't even, like, I thought you were in the West Village last night for some reason. Cause that just like made the most sense to me of why you would have seen Louis C.K. And also someone who was like in town for that's what a I'm weekend. Saying. Fort Greene is the New Yorker's West Village. Yeah. Interesting. I always explain, I have like finance West Village friends and I'm always like, oh, you should move to Brooklyn. And I think they don't really understand why. Let and I'm them just, stay there. <laughs> Stop doing that. Why are you promoting that? Let them stay there. But I'm just like, I took two nice ones. But I'm just like. Fort Greene is West Village without tourists. It yeah. literally is the most expensive place in the world. It's all just cafes, but it's a little bit less crowded because nobody knows about it who doesn't live in New York. That's true. Except apparently now they do. Well, I guess Louis C.K. lived in New York and this guy was there with a local. Okay. It was a local mm -hmm. connection. But it was just like, I don't, only on TV do you run into people. Like I never see people out and about. Yeah, I'm trying to I think of I do a lot. But we not, both do. You've never seen... <laughs> Okay, you've never seen someone that doesn't live in this state's random boyfriend who like ruined your life and caused you the most pain anyone's caused you in the last half decade. No, but that hasn't happened to me. <laughs> I'm sure, but I'm sure someone's caused you pain. Yeah. 
And if they didn't live in, the, if they were from your hometown of sh- like a suburb of Chicago and you randomly sat next to them, wouldn't you be like random? I would definitely think it's random. Yeah, I don't have enemies is the issue. Like, I don't feel like I have an enemy that I would see and be like, that's my enemy. This is crazy. I cannot relate to you. (laughs) I don't relate to you, no. (laughs) I, like, can't even fathom. I have so, oh, my gosh, really? Oh, you're just likable, I guess, and you're nice to people? No. uh, (laughs) I don't, I think, I'm I'm very, I'm very conflict averse. Okay. I'm very conflict averse, and I sense that you're not. <laughs> Look at the way I'm looking at you. I'm yeah. like, do you want me to help you? <laughs> I can start a fight with you right now just to give you some practice. I just don't like a burn bridge. I'd rather just fi- I'd just rather build a new bridge or find a different one and leave that bridge for like whatever. But I just don't. I'm rare to burn a bridge. I'm really rare to burn a bridge. See, I'm very quick-witted, and so sometimes I just can't help what flies out of my mouth. I'm very quick to burn a bridge because I'm just like, if this bridge is creaky, I will smash it. I- fuck you. <laughs> I don't, wow. Has that always been true for you? Are you both fire signs? No, but it's definitely been true in like the last six or seven years for me. Interesting. What bird? What burns have you bridged? What I mean, have every you time that I've been like low key, a little bit fired, and then I've gone on a podcast to tell every single detail of the story. Every time that I've like been in a relationship where things are like starting to not go well, and then I've gone on a podcast to tell every inch of the story. I've like. <sighs> <laughs> I feel like a lot You're of- You're just like Darren Aronofsky. All of the <laughs> vitriol goes into content. We're all but just- I also like in real life, like I, if something is like, I don't know, I've definitely like gotten in arguments with people in the road before. Yeah. What about you? Do you have anybody, any bridges you'd like to burn now that like you have been weighing on you? Like- This on- is a safe space. <laughs> It's a recorded podcast on video and audio. Um, I don't, like I truly don't. I have like- like I talk a lot of shit about one restaurant I used to work at and the people who own it, but I bleep it. Like, I don't even want it out there that I like, I just don't, I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. That's, I mean, no, no, no. I'm sure you live a much happier life than me. I wish I was like I that. I do and I don't though. I bet I don't. Cause like, I think that like, I think, I think there's a lot of energy that gets wasted in the not doing it. And I really respect that you do it. Do you know what I mean? But I also think there is the satisfaction of when you don't burn the bridge and then you see the bridge decay and crumble on its own because of like karma. That is like deeply satisfying. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I just think, wait, sorry. Like, this is is a great, this is a, this is a prime example. I have a list on my phone of people who I, it's (gasps) just for me. This is just for me. These are, and these are celebrities. No, these are celebrities and public people most of whom I haven't met, some of whom I'm, who I have. And I, my th- and I just, it's a list for me that is people I know in my soul will get canceled. <gasps> Can you tell us off mic? I'll tell you off mic. I'll okay. tell you off mic. And when, and I have a very high success rate. One well, of the, I, can I, can I say guys, something and I don't want to be mean. Let me just say that the try guys. I don't want to be mean, but it, who wouldn't get canceled? Like it's everyone. Even no, no, Anne no. Hathaway got in trouble for just being annoying. That, that doesn't count. Canceled. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. I'm okay. talking about like I'm talking about like ruin their careers, ruin their image, what they have comes crumbling down for a second. For a second, yeah, that's good. Yeah, <laughs> no man can really be kept down. <laughs> no, no one. like the try guys are going to be fine. But like yesterday, yeah. like yeah, they, they were on my list. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I think I, and I think I just personally find that very gratifying. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, I guess I like to have said my piece because I feel like I was kind of a doormat for a really long time in my life. And so then I think I swung back the other way a little too hard. (laughs) But I also like kind of don't. There's a lot of things where like I'll not say something and then hugely regret it for like a long time because I'm just like, why do they get to walk away thinking that like we were fine? You know what I mean? I don't like that. I want them to know that we're not cool and they should never speak to me again because I hate them. You, you know what I think I do? Because I, I wouldn't say I necessarily burn bridge. And it's funny because in this friendship specifically. You don't burn bridge. You say your piece 
And then I treat everybody like a sibling relationship. I was raised with a brother. We would fight. We would scream at each other. And then in, within two hours, we were watching Road Rules. Do you know what I mean? We were yeah. watching the real world. We were watching Degrassi. I have a big thing like, I'll be upset and I'll tell you, but I, I am a big, I forgive. And I also will apologize. And I think- and That's I, healthy. It's not healthy because nobody else actually operates that way. Like, with uh, this, But I think they should. And so I think like with this friendship- Actually, if you look the last two years, there's been a lot of cracks and whatever. And she's going through her Ashley moment right now where she's like, anybody who's wronged me that I feel I haven't spoken up about, I'm going to like put my foot down kind of thing. And I think she put her foot down harder than she would have liked. Whereas she feels very hurt by me because every time she was hurting me, I would say something about it. So in her perspective, she's been like, well, my hurt has gone unrecognized. And meanwhile, Claire's always mad at me. And I'm like, well, I'm mad because you're hurting me. And then instead of like her coming back and being like, well, this is upsetting me. She did like a one and done blow. And I do wonder if she's happy with how that went. I do think that maybe she's like, ooh, maybe I didn't need to like cut it out hard. It's interesting because I think what, what I'm hearing from you is I feel like it's that people, you're really willing to dish it and people forget that you're, that probably means that you're willing to take it. Yes. I also think because I am an intense person, I'm finding out it's very, <laughs> if you are somebody who sees yourself as a victim, it'd be very easy to be like, well, Claire hurt my feelings and I'm, I did nothing to, wrong. Like if you're not someone who wants to see yourself as somebody who's capable of hurting another, it'd be very easy for you to be like, and I'm innocent 100%. as opposed to like, oh, Claire was mad because she was hurt first. Totally. She's just Claire's mad out of nowhere. And I think that that was our kind of pattern where she's like, Claire randomly said something harsh to me. And it's like, yeah, because I was like so hurt by you. But it'd be easy to be like, and I've never hurt anybody. So why would she? Re she's just harsh from nowhere. Have either of you ever worked in restaurants? Yes. yes. I worked as a waitress for like 10 years. Oh, interesting. Because I was going to say, I think part of the reason I'm conflict diverse is because I worked, I for so long had to swap, like getting treated like shit and having to swallow it. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And I think mm -hmm. that just became the muscle memory for me. Yeah, I think that that's very common. And I think that especially in like the millennial workplace setting yeah. overall, I think that there's been a lot of like, you just deal with everything and it's just like, is the way it is. And I think that that is true in a lot of senses. And I think that like doing, I think that doing stand up is what helped me break out of like swallowing every averse opinion that I have because I was like, no, I'm just going to say my piece. And that just is what it is. And I like, don't like walking away from a situation. Cause I feel like a lot of times in my mind, I'm like, they need to know what the fuck happened. Cause I feel like that was a big thing for me, especially moving from New York or from LA to New York, LA is like a deeply conflict diverse city. And so things would happen there where like you thought you were communicating and then things go the opposite way that you thought they were. And then you were like, what happened? Like at work all the time when I worked in LA, like as an example, my boss would just like constantly tell me that I was like doing a good job. And I'd be like, is this okay? And they'd be like, yeah, that's great. And then there was like a promotion that I got fully passed over for. And I was like, why? And then I moved to New York and I had a boss who just like every time I did something wrong was telling me what I did wrong. And I was like, this hurts more, but it's better because I know that I'm not doing a good job. Like yeah. I didn't know I wasn't doing a good job there. And I like don't want to live like that anymore. And I don't want other people to think that they're doing a good job when they suck. A hundred percent. Like I was at an event recent. I was at an event recently where um, someone had to bring their child unexpectedly, like their health, their child care, like fell through and they had to like bring a child. And then the event planner of this event was at, was like talking to this little girl and talking to them being like, Oh my God, she's so cute. Like, da, da, da. like, Oh, she has my, my niece's name, like whatever. And then she went over to another event planner and was like, Hey, that's really not the vibe. You need to get them to leave. 
And I was like, that's fucking nasty. Yes. Like, but it's that, it's that thing of like being, it's the conflict aversion thing, which is why at time back, I think your being pro-conflict is healthier. I respect it more. Thank you. I mean, I try, I feel like one thing that I can guarantee my friends, like I'm not a perfect friend. I try, but I am like, if you're the kind of anxious person who's like, oh no, does this person hate me? Cause they didn't text me back. You never have to worry about that with me. Cause if I'm upset, I will like say something about it or I'll like swallow it until I know I can move on. Yeah. And I think that that's like, it's a gift I give people. Cause I would hate to be on the other side and be talking to someone that I didn't know was like secretly like letting something fester. And I feel like it's, because I will accept an apology. Like if I'm like, Hey, this hurt my feelings. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I'll take it and move on. And I feel like, like I've appreciated it when people have done that for me. And like some of my best friendships are situations where people have been like, Oh, Claire, you said this in passing. I think you were joking, but it actually really hurt. And I'm like, thank you for giving me the opportunity to apologize. Cause obviously I don't want to hurt your feelings. I love you. You're my friend. Right. And so like, I try to do that for people, but I do think a lot of people find it, like confrontational and don't like it when I'm trying to do it from like a kind place of being like, I want to give you the opportunity to apologize because I know you didn't mean to hurt me, but really they're like, stop accusing me of being mean. I think that's me that I'm like realizing what I I think the thing with me is that it's, if I know that the conversation will go well, if it's someone like I'm really like, I do have one friend who recently there was like a time where like he clearly, he just like kind of brushed off something I said in a way that made me think that he clearly thought like this person isn't intelligent enough to talk about this. I don't want to like engage with him. Mm-hmm. And I like, texted him the next day being like, Hey, like that made me feel really shitty and I didn't like it. And he like apologized. And I knew that he was the kind of person who like would hear it and receive it. But then I have other people who like I love or whatever, but I also know how they, how defensive they get if you, you know, bring it or how much they shut down. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this labor for this thing that I know is not going to go well. And maybe I should give them the chance. <laughs> but I think there are some people that I know that they're not, I just have seen how they've handled it in the past. And so I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to have this confrontation that I don't think is going to be productive. So then I'll just swallow it and move on. No. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that also comes with like tears of friendship, right? Like if you have like a best friend and you feel like they can't receive criticism or like conversations about things that like hurt your feelings or whatever, that's really hard. But I feel like I have like best friends. I have like kind of party and like social friends where you're like, yeah, we like hang out at bars and like get drunk together. But if they like, I, those are people that I probably wouldn't confront for the most part. I will just start slowly like fading them out. I'm like, Oh, I don't need to. Oh, totally. Totally. But yeah, I'm like me and Ashley fight a lot. Mm -hmm. And I will say it tends to start with me having a tone and Ashley, I get PMSing. Well, not even Mm -hmm. like, but I feel like you'll be more sensitive. Like you'll be upset about other things. I feel like our pattern is I'm kind of harsh in the way I speak. Yeah. You'll be upset about something else. And then like my thing will pile on and then you'll be upset with me. And then I'm like, you're being mad at me unfairly because what I did wasn't that bad. But then we'll like take space and I'll come back. And I feel like I do always apologize. Like I genuinely, like when we cuddle down, I always come back and like sincerely apologize. And then you'll be like, thank you for apologizing. Also low key, I got into a fight with this person this morning. I'll be like, but yeah, head, or like, I'll be uh-huh. I'll like apologize. Like she'll apologize for what she said, and I'll apologize for escalating it. <laughs> <laughs> this sounds very healthy. It yeah, sounds like a lot of like very healthy. I do definitely have like a temper that I'm working on in like, I have random a- situations. Like I definitely do have like I think we both sometimes like explode for like not really a reason. I don't. I know. have a tone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like my boyfriend is very like united front we're a team blah 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 and so when we go out and if i've fought with people like he'll have my back there and then when we get home he'll be like claire you're totally right i agree with what you're saying i do think the way you said it <laughs> was maybe in no way conducive That's so funny <laughs> screaming at somebody that they're fucking stupid and should read a book like i don't know that that was gonna help them so is this life. like so now we're talking about like you seeing like a stranger out that's pissing you off doing something fucked no up. this is like 
if I like if somebody that I'm mutuals with, I think is crossing the line in terms of what they're saying, being problematic. Like I'll be like, shut the fuck up. Interesting. That was Can that I tell you when I almost went off the handle on a stranger last week and Please. I'm trying to not do that anymore, but I have definitely done it in the past. Okay. So me and Claire went to Washington DC and Philly this weekend for shows. Saturday, we took the train back from DC. So we were on a train for four hours and then I picked my dog up at a babysitter in Chelsea. Then we got on the train. I like gave my dog a chew toy so that she would like lay at my feet on the train and not bother anyone. And her like foot was touching. Like it was a not crowded train, by the way, on a Saturday afternoon. And her, someone got on at the same time as us and stood like kind of in front of where we were. And my dog's foot was touching her foot. And she like looks at me and goes, can you move your dog? Oh, and I like, I, I moved her and I spent the rest of the train ride being like, do not flip out. Do not flip out. Do not flip out. (laughs) I like truly wanted to be like, there is so much space on this train. And if you weren't such a horrendous cunt, you would see it. You'd notice the space, but instead you're zeroed in on being the biggest bitch you can possibly be. <laughs> that was what was in well, my it's heart. funny because I think in my interpersonal life, I'm very, I'm not conflict averse. I'm like, here's how I feel. I, and people would not expect this because they think of I'm the bitch and Ashley is like, in real life, like with strangers and in profet- like I have a hard time not if Ashley is over it and she'll get over it quickly, there's no faking it. Whereas wow. I'm, I'm a fake bitch. And I always say this, like I'll talk shit about anybody. And if I saw them on the street, I'd be like, Lena Dunham, I love your work. Like, <laughs> like I am fake as hell. If we're on a call with somebody, I think is absolutely an idiot. I'll be like, thank you so much. This is so great. Like if I'm with a sh- like I, the waiter thing, I, you can do it. I think I know when I can get rid of my ego and in situ- I've never had a job besides comedy that I cared about. So I think like professionally, they've all just been day jobs. And I'm like, if you fire me, I'll get another one. I don't give a shit. I'll be fake. I'll be fake. It doesn't touch me as a person really. And yeah. like, on the, like, I don't care about the streets, but then like, you know, uh, somebody I love more than anybody will say something. And I'm like, well, this is where this must be acknowledged. I don't know if that's better. That's probably worse, but, but you'll go off on a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> And I try not to, and I, I like try to be like, pick your battles. Cause I knew I was like, listen, my dog technically isn't allowed to be on the train like this, like on the floor, they're supposed to be in a bag. So like in the broader sense, this is an argument where I'm like technically wrong, but like yeah. they're being a huge bitch for literally no reason. 100%. And I can just let them do that or I cannot, And I need to just let it go. <laughs> I'm trying to, so I recently like, I've been looking back on my time in the restaurant industry, like, and thinking about all the times where I really swallowed, like, a conflict like that, where I could have been in it. And I'm like, oh, I, I'm, I'm realizing now that I don't work in restaurants, like, I misplaced the blind. Like, I think I could have gone farther than I did at times. Like, I was like, I, like, you can, there is obviously, like, the line of which you can't, like, you can't call someone a cunt while you're working in a restaurant. Yeah. Like, you can't do that. But if someone's being an asshole, I do think you can push back. Like, I think you can push back, and I never did. But I think that that's actually new. I think, yeah, like, well, I don't know when you stopped working you work. in restaurants. Can but- I tell you the couple times I pushed back in restaurants? Yeah, I'll tell you mine too. Okay. Well, first of all, my go-to restaurant thing was when I did something like really- Where fuck- did you work in New York? So I worked at Lucy's Cantina Royale. I worked at um, the restaurant in the Standard. I worked- That sounds like hell. That was, and it was before it was the beer garden. So it was dead empty. It was just like some, it was called like the Ainsworth or something and not one person would go. So you'd be working for tips. The only day I made a lot of money was when I had to work on Christmas. And I had, I was the only, there was no runners. There was no busters. It was just me and every European in, in New York City <laughs> who was like looking for a place to eat because everything else was closed. And then I worked, and then I worked in Hoboken a lot. Oh, nice. So I had like worked all through high school and through college and then a little bit after, but- when I won, whenever I made a huge mistake, I'd always say, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. This is my first day. People <laughs> love that. I, it was my first day for two straight years. It was <laughs> every day was my first day. People are really forgiving. 
I would get drunk businessmen and like my line was if they were like sexually inappropriate to me, not only would, was that not okay? Well, obviously. Yeah. Obviously, but like I would tell like one of their friends and I would just be like, watch him. And then they would feel, I remember one time somebody was like, Hey, we've been waiting for a check for a while. And I was like, yeah, when I try to bring you the check, your friend put his hand on my ass and said like, and he was like, Oh, sorry. And you know what I mean? So like I would, if they cross that line, I would say, but I also feel like I would just roll. I have like an attitude. I mean, you can read it on my face. Yeah. I, I did have, I can't hide it. If I'm true, if I'm truly seething, I can't hide it. I one time Working in the, I think I've told the story before. But one time I was working in Rosemary's. I bartended for Rosemary's okay. in the West Village for years. Hot spot. Hell. And <laughs> honestly, actually a pretty good gig. Like that's why I did it for so long. But on certain days, the brunches were hell. And one day, like during a really busy brunch, this woman came up to the bar and she was like, I need two glasses of Sauvignon Blanc. And I went, oh my God, is there a fire? <sighs> And she left. <laughs> Can I tell one time when I was working at Lucy's Cantina Royale, this woman and two men came up and they bought a bunch of stuff, a bunch of drinks, and then they ran out on the bill. And this I now know is illegal, but so at Lucy's Cantina Royale, it was all male managers and all female waitresses. Like only women worked there. And they really took advantage of us. And so one of the things is if someone ditched a bill, it came out of your tips. A hundred percent illegal. A hundred percent illegal. I didn't know that at the time. I was 21. So I just, whatever. It just, I'm like looking at these people who ditched and I'm just sitting there like, fuck, they spent like $200 on drinks and then left. And then um, 30 minutes later, the woman comes back crying going, oh my God, those men stole my bag. Can I use your phone? They stole all my stuff. They're like, she's like, I met them randomly in Penn Station and they convinced me to run on the bill. And then can you believe that then they robbed me? And I was like looking at her like, oh lady. You're out. You think I feel sorry for you? No, no. If you don't want to be robbed, maybe don't rob. <laughs> <laughs> That's so audacious that she- Came back to us thinking like being like, we're all victims in this together. And I was like, not 30 minutes ago. No. 30 minutes ago, I was a victim alone. And you were totally cool with that. Wait, that's one of the craziest things I've ever heard. I'm truly believe. shocked. Another thing that used to make me mad is kids would come and they would like bring their own alcohol and like they'd bring like a four loco in a white classic, in a classic. bag. And I didn't give a shit. I was 21. I'm not here to be the fucking police. And so they'd be like, can we get one- cup of chips and they get like a $5 chip so that they yeah. sit there and drink. And I would be like, I'm not going to say anything. I don't give a shit. And then they would leave and not tip and leave the garbage. And I was like, well, this Dying is hell. fucking rude. Like hell. I just like let you have a nice New York city night for free. And this is how you're going to treat me. The other weird thing about working in Rachel is I always felt women were weirder to me. There was a type of woman. Cause when you work at Lucy's, you're wearing that outfit. So I think people kind of thought it was like a Hooters esque thing. Totally. It seems like it, maybe it was. I mean, we had an outfit, but there, I don't think like explicitly <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it was about the bodies. And also it was a lunch spot because just local people would come during lunch and then they would come before like a sporting event. I felt really bad the one time I went there that because we, we sat on the roof and then it was the sort of thing like, you know, when you like, yeah, we'll do the roof. And then you said, you're like, wait, it is actually cold. Like it was like cuspy winter. And this girl was serving us in, <laughs> this girl was serving us in the dress with a parka on top Yeah, you weren't it. like allowed to not ever wear the dress. <laughs> she had a full winter jacket <laughs> Yeah, it was and, horrible. But it was unzipped and I was like, this I is I think dark. it had this. to be unzipped. Like there was like some weird thing where you would just be up there freezing and I was working the roof the day that people came up and said, oh, can we get a table? I said, no, we're closed. And then the manager like screamed at me because we weren't, but I was just like, please don't make me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm freezing. But, well, oh yeah, women would come up to me and be drunk and they, in a very pick me sense, would be like, my guy friends will totally take care of you. Like, if you, like they're rich. And I'm just like, at this point, I was a fucking senior in college at, and I was like, I don't need your help. I'm just like, this is just a college job. Yeah, fuck off. And then I had a woman fully try to give me her credit card one time and be like, I know what it's like to be you. I came to the city 10 years ago. I was alone. I didn't have any money. I didn't know what I was doing. And I was like, my parents are from Hoboken. I can see their house from here. I'm fully Wait, safe. I'm in college. I'm okay. Don't give me your credit card, psycho. Wait, why well, is she trying to, I'm, I feel like that is something that other people would have liked. They just picked the wrong one. Why was she giving you her credit card? Because the insinuation was like, 
I was like, I was a waitress and I was so poor and helpless and stupid and didn't know my way around the city that like, that's she was going to help me. Vibe that people were like, these women are being trafficked. Like that's yes. <laughs> That's insane. I was like, I'm from New Jersey. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> they can't imagine like, no, it's just like, I want to wear a dress and make like 200 bucks a night and it's fine. And I got paid in cash. So even though they were that's taking incredible. from my tips, it was nice to go home every day in cash. And because I was a college student and working basically full, like four or five shifts, I never had time to spend that money. It was like the most rich I've ever been, honestly. The most rich I've ever been was when I worked in restaurants in college. 100%. I had like thousands of dollars in cash in like my desk drawer with <laughs> in my dorm room with no lock. <laughs> Iconic. Wait, where did you work? I worked in Illinois, Max and Benny's restaurant bakery and deli. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a Katz's deli type, but it was, it was like a sit down restaurant. But then on the other half, there was like a bakery and a deli. So I worked like I worked hosting and then I worked like running food and right. then I worked at the bakery gotcha. for like four or five years. I felt, mm-hmm. I, I felt cause I worked my, my food service journey began, began working at Ben and Jerry's in Vermont. Wow. Oh my God. OG. OG. A headquarters. <laughs> I was not at the headquarters. Mm-hmm. I was at the satellite location in Rutland, but what I was going to say is I sometimes felt like people in a rural area, because were you in like a rural area or was it metropolitan? No, it was suburban. Suburban. I just felt like people are always like, wow, like working in New York City must have been so tough. And I was like, I think I was actually treated worse in Vermont. Well, so it was a restaurant that was like, obviously the clientele was like people and their grandparents. Like it was a grandparents restaurant. And so the clientele was like, evil. <laughs> they were so mean. It was like all people yeah. who didn't, under, and it was a huge sprawling restaurant. So oh. when I would work the hostess stand, there would be like closed sections, obviously, because it was like an enormous restaurant at like lunch on a Tuesday. And then they'd be like, why can't I sit there? And like, that was my entire life was people like not understanding a closed section. I snapped at my friend the other day because we went to a restaurant and they were like, it's going to be like a 10 minute wait. And he was like, what about that table? And I was like, you never Ask there's a there's reason. a reason. There's always like, a reason. I mean, Christmas I at the Ainsworth, all these fucking <laughs> Belgium people would be like, "Well, I don't understand why I can't sit at any of the open tables." I'd be like, "Have you noticed they're covered in garbage?" It's because I'm busing, I'm running, I'm serving. What is going on in Europe that they will sit at a table that's on fire? <laughs> like I'm like they're like, "Why can't I sit there?" And I'm like, "It's broken. It's on fire. There's a man shitting on it. Why do you want to sit there?" Can I say the worst thing about my restaurant jobs in New York City was yeah. that I only worked at places New Yorkers would never go. That's yeah. Ainsworth at the Standard was the one meatpacking district hotel restaurant that sucked. So you only went there if you didn't know better, which meant you were like a tourist. You were probably from Europe. You were probably like in from somewhere that didn't. You these people never knew what the bill would be. They I've never I never served a bell that did not shock a client to their core. And then you'd watch them be like, "Well, I'm not tipping." And then of course uh, Lucy's Cantina Royale, the Hell. tipping was horrendous. That is, I I really deeply I, that's something I I'm saying like, the standard I was at the Ainsworth at at the standard no 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 it's at the Gansevoort oh sorry I auditioned for the standard and I was specifically told I did not look cool enough I was at the Ainsworth wow. well first off a restaurant job that you have to audition for literally <sighs> pr- prison prison sorry prison. it was the Ainsworth and it doesn't even exist anymore but then but my point was like uh, like if you are like listening to this and like trying to get a restaurant job to float your bills, I think you're going to make more money at the neighborhood spots than at the cool spots. In yes. Your- yeah. Yeah. Like you are just going to make more money. Like I should have been like, I fucked up working at like these big popular downtown restaurants. I should have been working in these like cool small neighborhood spots because that's where people go and accidentally spend like, like it, you're going to make more money on six tables spending a hundred dollars than two tables spending $200. Do you know yes. what I mean? Like, and I think that's the trick. 
Also, people like New Yorkers really take a lot of pride in tipping like twenty five percent, and like I think like well, locals, especially neighborhood spots, they're going to see you again. Yeah, do you know what I yeah. mean? That's like the thing is like they're going to see you again. They're going to repeat, so they need to like invest. The tipping is actually an investment. Where if like they're visiting from out of town, they're like, I don't care if this person fucking starves. I'm never seeing them again. Yeah. Also, you want people who like understand restaurant culture, not someone who like sits down at your restaurant and is like, I don't understand why you can't just make a cheeseburger. That's mm -hmm. the truly, yeah, that is when so, yeah. that I can't with that. I actually can't engage with that. Wait, so where do you guys, so you live in Williamsburg. Yeah, we both do. You live in Williamsburg too. Is that where you're pr predominantly going out? Going out? Well, no, because I don't go. <laughs> you don't go out? Not really, to be honest. I go to Ashley's a lot. Ashley walks her dog three times a day. I lo often join her for a walk or two. That's Claire's big night. <laughs> are you in morning? Are you not like a night person? Like, are you in like... I'm not, I don't know what type of person I am. I have like three or four good hours in me a day. <laughs> I don't, I'm not, I definitely think I was never a nighttime person. I was, I was always like a, you guys go out, I'll meet you at the diner after. I'm not a big drinker. Respect. I like to dance, but like very specifically in my own vibe. I don't know. I'm not, I've never been a big part. I used to do the stand up scene, used to be my scene. And then the pandemic hit and I felt like all these newbies came and pushed me out. And now I just feel lost. I'm trying to go to an open mic today, actually, which is humiliating. We're but on a show together on Sunday. I know, but I, it's because I like made a big stink about it on my podcast where I was like, nobody books me. And then I think like <laughs> seven people were like, I'll book you. But the, you know, it's like no, totally. Wait, the, I know, I'm who not, no, was that? Book me. Podcast, I was gonna say, if you listen to this podcast, book me. I, I'll do. I have a solo show next month, and I need to run a lot of shit. Oh my god, when's your solo? Where is it? I'm realizing I said next month. It's in November, so it's in like a month and a half. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 but by the time this comes out, it'll be October. So next month is right. You're so right. Yeah, I'm doing it for New York Comedy Festival. Fun. Yeah, but I said yes without a show to then make me write a show. So now I have to write a show. That's, That's genius. That's how we did my other show, Man and Woman. We did the same thing. We I had, would have loved to see that. We're I doing love it Marshall. in two weeks. Oh my God, where is it? Union Hall. Oh Can my I God, we'll go. Yeah, yeah, please come. Please come. I would love to. The 13th. Mm -hmm. I would invite you guys to our New York City Comedy Fest show, but we sold out like in two days. So I'm really sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's like been sold out. We actually tried to stop promoting it to like hold on to the tickets, but like, <laughs> oh we want to keep them. We are very, very poor in tickets, but <laughs> <laughs> rich in ticket sales. <laughs> no, that's great. But no, yeah, you guys should come. It's in two, it's two weeks from Thursday. Oh my God, fun. Oh, I would okay. love to. It would be very fun. But no, um, wait, so you. Don't do stand up. You're not doing stand up and you feel like that was the way in which you were going out. Yeah, that was like my social life. I was doing like two to three mics a night back in the day. And then Jesus. also, like, you'd have shows. Like, I would do like a show and then everyone would hang out afterwards and then I would be home at like 3 a.m. and be like, okay, oh, I, I just was, like left for a show. I don't know when I. I, I never, when. I never accidentally went home at 3 a.m., but I would go do like a mic at six and a mic at like 10 and then be home by midnight. Yeah, no, I, I went out. I go out still. Ashley's fun. Yeah, where do you go out? <laughs> what do you like to do? I, I mean, I like to dance. Bless. I like to drink. With she my friends. She likes to chat. I like to chat. What are your spots? Um, I still, I go to Nikki's Unisex sometimes with my friends. Do you really? Yeah, I've gone I there no a couple idea. times with Neve. I like the vibe there. I'll go. Okay. Can I tell you what I think my problem is going I don't out? know what this place is. I'm not cool. We used to have a weekly show there. It's on South 4th in Williamsburg. I guess Williamsburg. that's the thing is I've never liked clubs. I've never been like a, these are the going out spots and I go to them. I like a place that has music and drinks and like tables and then like some nights people just make it a dancing place, but it's not like a club. Sure. Like a lounge that has a dancey kind of quality to it. Loungy bar. Loungy like a dive bar. bar with a, I feel like you- Like a dive bar with some open space and Isn't a good it playlist. It's dive? It's, it's like a, no, it's like a chic dive. It's like a dive for people in their thirties in Williamsburg. It's like yeah. a dive oh, for creative okay. directors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. 
I'm trying design. to think where else I even go. It's like a lot of Australian graphic designers who like do the merch for like Lil Nas X kind of type. Yeah, yeah. I hear this. Does I that- hear this. Are you a restaurant person at all? I, She's a restaurant girl. I love restaurants. And here's the thing. Here's what I realized recently is my problem with going out is I get really tired really easily. And it's because I'm so loud and I like to <laughs> chat and I like it when people can hear me. Like I'm a loud speaker. And if the music is loud, I'm going to be louder than music so you can hear me, which I think is... People hate it, but I'm trying to be polite. I think it'd be rude to be, be talking in a way you can't hear. But then the problem is it means if I'm out somewhere loud and I'm screaming, I'm now screaming for an hour. And by 11.30 p.m., I'm burnt out and I must go to sleep. <laughs> so, like, I can, like, drink all night with, like, friends in a quiet place. And, like, you know, like, I've gone to a dinner that's lasted forever. And I would love to dance. However, I can't be screaming. And I scream. My biggest pet peeve is a bar that isn't quite a dancey bar. It's more of like a chat and hangout bar, but the music is so loud that you can't really no, chat. That is and then the you're worst. just like, well, f- what is this for then? What no, you that's the you worst. Taking up space in a very crowded city. Yeah, I agree that that is specifically the worst. Like when you're sitting in a cl- and the vibe is getting everyone's having a really nice conversation, and then you see a DJ set up and there's no dance floor. It's like, why are we doing that? Yeah, don't do there's that. There's a restaurant in Williamsburg across the street from me that opened. It's a Greek restaurant, and I think they think they're in the Lower East Side. It's very much set up for like like groups of finance boys who are 23 who are about to start a night and their music blares. And that's very much not the vibe in Williamsburg. And I'm just like, who is this restaurant for? This is insane. It's trying to be like Bagatelle. (laughs) It's on Bedford and like 10th. That's yeah. I hate, I do. We sound old, but I do hate a loud restaurant musically. Yeah. I'm sorry. Nobody on a Tuesday at 8 30 PM at a Greek restaurant is trying to like do cocaine. No, because I want to be able to hear what Darren Aronofsky's saying to Louis CK. Like I can't, it can't be too loud for that. I cannot. Okay, so it's like your restaurant, your bar, and then together you can share one night out, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll start a night, and then I'll go home early. And I will say something about me is I'm not one that's like, well, I want to go home, everyone go. Like, I'll just take myself home. I respect that. I think it, it first of all, saying I'm going home, everyone has to stop hanging out is one of the most psychotic things. No, but like, you know what? Because I also have a boyfriend who likes to, he can stay out all night. He doesn't a lot. But I, when I say that, I think like, I'm not a girlfriend who's like out with my boyfriend. Sure, you'll be like, I'm out, but you keep going. L- literally, I'll be like, you have fun. I'm never going to say Are like, I'm Are you a morning sleeping. person? Like, are you up early? I love a morning. If I have gone to bed past midnight, I will not naturally wake up early. But I do like... I'm never happier than when I'm in a routine of naturally waking up at like 6.37. Same. And so that's when I feel my happiest. I love a morning time. I love a stoop. To have a coffee on a stoop. I don't have a stoop, but I fantasize. That you is like, you go to stoops. I'll sit on other people's stoops like yeah. an old lady, but. Yeah, I think that, that I'm, pro, I'm, I love a night, but I love it. Morning is naturally my body wants morning. My yes. board, I want as much sunlight as possible. Yeah. I also feel like because my I have fun with my friends all the time, I don't need to put a lot of effort into having fun. So anything where there might be a barrier to entry, Same. I'm just like, I'll see you tomorrow. I hang out I with Ashley like every lines. fucking day. I don't like cover charges. That's like with the late night, like whenever, here's my thing that I've always said since I was in college, it's been a very unpopular opinion, especially when I was like in my early twenties. I will not go somewhere with a line because if I'm going Same. out with a group of friends and we're all mostly just going to hang out with each other and we're going out to have fun with each other, why would we go somewhere that has a line when we can go to the place a hundred feet away that doesn't have a line? We're going to talk to the same people the whole time. Oh, I'm 100% on board. I'm not, I'm not waiting in a line. And like, I, God, I used to live in LA and my friends would always want to go to this place called Harvard and Stone and it was like this burlesque bar and it, there would always be a line Harvard and, I'd and be Stone like, seems like the headline of a book about like 
Harvard murders. Yes. They'd be like, the lacrosse kid murdered everybody with this stone. <laughs> I would yeah. throw a fit about it. I would like, every time, there was a couple bars that they would always want to go to because they were kind of like hot spots at the time. And I would like have a meltdown. I can't, yeah, I can't be going to, it's also, they're the worst bars. Yes. The ones with the lines are always the worst. Like God, and it was like 2013 Los Angeles, so it was just like full of guys in like white button-ups who yeah. were just, like, it was so crazy. I'm just remembering now that the last time I was in LA, I was like hanging out with my friends and they like, it was a very, it was a very like, I was like, this feels very, I mean, I haven't spent enough time in LA to be like, this is very LA, but it felt very cliche LA where it was like someone's manager had gotten us on a list and we were cutting a line to go Ugh. see this like thing in a bar. The last time. But oh I, God. but I got, so we did that and I had a great time. The show was like amazing. The bar was like fun enough. I come outside. There are, I'm not exaggerating. I'm going to say there's 125 people waiting in line to go into this bar. And I was like, I was like, I actually wanted to go speak to this bar and be like, what are you, like, why? Like, what is it about this bar that you are in line for? I just, don't yeah. understand. The like, last time I was on a list, it was a, an influencer that were friends with invited us to a fashion party at the. <gasps> wait, wait, wait. I went to this party, but the list was a nightmare and I couldn't get in. Was yes. It? Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> had an outfit on and I showed up and watching, getting in line with 19 year olds and watching them get in. And then when Noah Beck cut the line and went in, I was traumatized. I was like, never again. Cause never it was, again. I would have stayed home and had pizza. I got on the, I was, oh my God, wait, this is so funny. I went to the same exact party last year. I wish we had found each other and all gone pizza together. No, that would have been so much better because me, well, actually what happened was I was with my friend who also knows her and he, she put us both on the list and. I mean, what does that even mean? If you, well, that was the thing. I what? Looked, nothing. Well, I walk up to the, I'm like, I see the line and I'm like, well, if I'm on a list, I'm certainly not waiting in that line. And then I go up to the front and I go, hi, I'm on blank's list. And they were like, what list? Yes. And I tr and everyone in line heard, and I was like, I'm not going. Like I texted her, and I think she was like, I'm I'm trying, but it's a mess. And I was like, okay. And then me and my friend went to Corner Bistro because it was Fun. right down the street. And we I think that's where we went with Caroline Calloway. No, that's where we went with. Um, oh, fluently Ford. Yes. Um, no, okay, literally, and I'm an early bird. So one thing about me is I recently went to <laughs> so funny fuck flower. Like I went to flower shop a few months ago because my friend was having a birthday party downstairs and I got there so early that he was like, I don't know what to, like I got there at nine and he's like, we're gonna get there at like midnight. And so that's the kind of person I am. I was like a Thursday birthday for a 32 year old. Well, I'll get there at nine and I assume I'll be late. I think there's a fresh, I think people, I, a big pet peeve of mine is when people throw a birthday party and show People think it's acceptable to show up over an hour late to the time that they said their birthday party was going to be. And people will be like, well, that's crazy. You showed up on time. I'm like, no, tell me the time it starts. Like I have yes. been to birthday parties where the birthday girl has showed up two hours after the no. start time. And one, I think you're going to hell. Something about me is I know what it's like to throw an event and be scared no one's going to come. And I treat your birthday like how I would treat a comedy show where I don't think anyone's going to show up. And so because I know I'm not a a night owl, what I do is I say, I have a specific strength and it's that I get places on time and I will be fun early sober. And I will get, if your party's at 9 PM, I will be the only one there. You're going to be like, will anyone else show up? But at least I will be there. Like, trying to distract you from the fact that maybe nobody comes. And then it'll pack out. Then you'll be too busy to hang out because you'll be talking to everyone and then, and then I and leave. Then you can slip out. So that's that my really, MO. That's a really phenomenal service to provide. Thank you. And I'm like, when you're, especially if you have like an, I don't know, I had a friend who had a 30th birthday party at Gold Bar and 
they had it from nine to 11 and I was with people who were like, oh, we'll go like, we'll get, we'll like leave around nine 30. I was like, leave around nine 30. Yeah. That's most of it. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just leave her. Th- she put up balloons. We can't just have her in a huge room with balloons at nine waiting for an hour. To yeah, see if also, anyone comes. I'm sorry. She put up a two hour window. Show up at the beginning of the two hour window. That's You're very yes. And also she was going to be like, it was one of those things where she had to hit a minimum. So I'm like, we have to get there now and start drinking drinks. So this poor, I mean, she Wait, was can fine. I just say this? Cause this, we're, this is us meeting for the first time. I, I like you so much for this. Like this, you Thank just you. won so many points for me. That's my this. strength. And you, you guys like both. But like, this is all to I say get that I got Claire gets there. So yeah. yeah, and then she stays way later than me, no, which I appreciate. Like thinking about the minimum, like that shit is so important. Do you know what I mean? I went to my yeah. friend had a birthday party at this bar in Greenpoint that I've like never been to and probably will never go to again because it was in Greenpoint and far. Um, like it was like I go to Greenpoint, but it was like yeah. In oh no, 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 I understand. Yeah. Anyway, so but they were. When I got there, she was like, make sure you order the drinks through this QR code because that is what goes towards the minimum. I'm saying to people I don't know at that point. Like, if I see someone at the party, I'm like, yeah. get your drink on the QR code. Like, we're, yeah, getting, yeah, yeah. we're hitting Haley's minimum. We're hitting Haley's minimum. I brought extra friends. I brought five people <laughs> and I was like, order drinks. Yeah. <laughs> because she just did a minimum. Um, but anyway, for this list party, this is all to say that because I know myself, I know if the party started at nine, we were there at like 9.05 because I was No, kind of, do you know why this? we were late to this party? Because we were trying really hard to be late? No, because I was doing uh, CYSK that night and we were going from the gutter and but that still we weren't after 10 or something like we no, were it was still pretty early it was before anything but it was fun much later than we were originally planning to get there because you got a last minute whatever we wouldn't have gotten in anyway it like doesn't have exactly it doesn't fucking matter and then the craziest thing about these line places you get in and they're like half full yeah and so you're like oh so you're punishing me just to be mean yeah, yeah. and i can't stand for that i understand if it's at you know, fire code. <laughs> fire code. If yeah. there's a fire code, we can't all be in there and one in, one out. But if I get into a club that I have waited to get into and I get in there and it's dead empty and the vibe is horrible because you're too busy worried about appearances on the outside. Worry about the inside Death. of your fucking club. How about? It's just, yeah, I don't think it's it, like, it's also like, it's, it's insulting to your friends to be like, I'm making, I want us to go to a place where the other people are good in case so I can, it's like, if, we're good yes, enough. That's how I, mean? I feel. If I that's like I you, I could like you at a pizza shop. I mean, we go down to the Jersey Shore a lot. My parents are at the shore. And we go and we have so much fun at this place called Spicy's. It is a pizza place on the boardwalk during the day. No, it's not just pizza. They have it's, every cuisine. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it's, you can get lo mein. Literally, it's sushi. No, literally. It's pizza. It's cheeseburgers. It's lobster rolls. It's I'm a fish obsessed. market. Then they'll deep fry anything. And then at night, they just put like a boom box in the corner and then they have this dude stand on the chair, on a like a chair with a mic and he just like shouts out exciting stuff and they play all like DJ earworm remixes of top 40 hits. And you can ask, you can like go and be like, hey, can you give a shout out to Claire? And then he'll be like, shout out to Claire. (laughs) And he will. And there's 20 people and we're all stuck between the pizza counter and like where the bathrooms start and you can dance up on the pizza booths. They're just regular pizza booths. And it is the most fun place in the world because you go with your friends. Yes. Well, that's what I've always felt about every... I'm sorry. If you have a friend group, like I understand... Listen, I'm like a single person. I understand. And I'm like, I've quit dating apps. So I'm like, I understand wanting to go to a place where there's like the chance you can like catch an eye or like maybe there'll be other cool people there, like someone hot or whatever. But if you are like, oh, we just like need to be surrounded by a vibe that like feels cooler than us. Like, no, we're cool. Let's just go somewhere. That's cool. Like, And even if we're not, bar, then that's on us. If we haven't figured out a way to get cool yet, then we don't deserve cool. Every go party. To spices. <laughs> I guess I haven't run into this so much in New York because I feel like my life has been so surrounded by like the comedy scene. 
But when I lived in LA and my friends were always trying to go to this place called Harvard and Stone, I, my favorite bar in Los Angeles is a bar called Rocco's Tavern. It is in Studio City. No one goes there. It is like such a weird spot. Every single day from 4 to 7 p.m., there is half off drinks. But they instead of giving you, they charge... Okay, so you don't you pay get full like price for two. Yeah, you pay you pay the price of one drink and they give you two yeah. drinks and they have so you'll get like either a giant stein of beer or like a coke glass of cocktail. Incredible. And and I'm just like, why don't we just go to Rocco's every day from four to seven? Why do we have to stay up late and go to Harvard and Stone and wait in line and everyone's wearing a button up and they look like idiots? I have a Rocco's in Williamsburg. I'm my favorite. I go to one bar. Mugs. Mugs Ale House. I love Mugs. Where the fuck is that? It's on North 9th and Bedford. It's across the street it's from my house. It's a perfect bar. It was the most incredible place in the world because nobody ever went there. And it was, I used to go in and go, I pray to God that this is a front for something and that they stay empty forever because I would go there and there's like not even music normally. <laughs> and I could, and I always like, I know we can get. It's like a VFW. It felt like I was like Warren Buffett where I had a bar built in my house just for me or something. Oh my God. And then they closed down and I said, I guess it wasn't a front. I guess it was just a bad business and they've reopened and it is a bit more bumping. But I do want to say in honor of Mugs Ale House, they have great cocktails. It's a good vibe and they're open till 4 a.m. every single day. Incredible. That sounds great. There's so a place called my The West spot. by my house. My friend works there. I love The West. Which one's your friend? Richard Perez. Okay. Can you give him like like characteristics. Um, he's a barista there. Okay. He is, a, he's the funniest comedian in New York city. I'm literally obsessed with him. He's a um, comedian. Yeah. You, uh, well, you, yeah, you, if you show me a picture, I'd probably know who he is. Yeah. He's like short. He has like a center part, black hair. Um, he's probably like five, eight, We'll see pictures. Yeah, I'll show you yeah. pictures. He's the, literally my favorite person. Oh my God, I love it there. One time we have a friend who had a birthday party there because it's a bar at night too. Like yeah. people always forget that's my favorite kind of bar is a bar that you like don't even really necessarily realize is always a bar. And one time we went there for my friend's birthday, we were Halloween. Did, we were, we were going to go to Output or something. She wanted to go to like some place in Bushwick and like do like a scene, but it was Halloween. No, and she was like, we no, can't last no. minute get tickets for 30 people on a Halloween night. And she's like, so what do we do? And we're like, do we go to the West? And it was... So we were the fun. only ones there. It was the perfect vibe. They have like a movie on the projector and you just get margaritas and you own the place. And my favorite thing, and I think my like one of my favorite moments in all of New York is I was like kind of talking to a guy at the time and he came and met up with me there. And then we went back to my house and then in the morning I was like, can we go get coffee? And he was like, where's the coffee shop? And I was like, it's the bar. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. Okay, wait, this is, as I predicted, this episode went by in truly two seconds, but the way I end episodes is planning if you would like our next night, our night out together. If Ooh. we would want to have a night out. Oh my God. I think, okay. I think we go to Muggs Ale Fun. House. Okay, perfect. Because it's right by my house, which I also love. And then it's kind of near Ashley's house. They have this drink called the Oaxaca drink. That's like my favorite cocktail. We would have that. And then I think they have a back room that isn't open to the public yet. It's still under construction. But I think we would just say, listen, I've got an iPod and a speaker. <laughs> Can, and then we would all just like text whoever we think might be around. And we would just like have them come and get drinks and dance. Then we would order pizza at the bar. So we yeah. would snack and dance to our own playlist all night. This is perfect. That's a perfect night. And it's close to your house so you can peel off when you're ready. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Okay, wait, we're doing this. And then maybe even come back. Maybe when I sit and Ashley goes, it's still getting even more funner. And I go, okay, I'll come back. <laughs> you do that. She's come back to bars before. And I love going out by my house because sometimes, God, at my own birthday party this year, I like left in the middle for half an hour and I like went and walked my dog and went back because I was staying later than I wanted to. And I wanted to like still, still be a good mother to bug. You know what else would be perfect about our night out is the front bar would still be dead quiet. So if you wanted to have a chat with a friend, you wouldn't ever have to scream over the music. So you could have a, a chatting location and a dancing location and then they have really cute seats outside so if you wanted like fresh air or have a you smoke you should get married at Muggs I have when I was gonna do it at Blinkies Muggs was gonna be my backup and I secretly was like I hope it rains so I can have a wedding at Muggs but I don't think I can out and out plan a wedding at Muggs damn 
Well, maybe, maybe I, I could. Will. I don't see my why wedding's not. at Pony Boy. That's amazing. But my problem is it doesn't have an outdoor location. So I worry about the old people getting burnt out, but I don't care. I feel like it's pretty. It'll look good in photos. I think that when old people get tired at a wedding, they like kind of peel off and go to bed. They, they don't, don't go outside like, for a cigarette. To reach. <laughs> yeah, no, they, the old people just go. But if something happens, Mugs, are you listening? I'm going to have my wedding at Mugs. Perfect. I think you should. Come. Okay, cool. We'll mm-hmm. see you there. Bye. Bye. Not you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to Going Out with Jake Cornell. If you could please go and rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this on, that would be really gorgeous for me in a huge way. So thank you. And now for some credits. Going Out with Jake Cornell is recorded in New York City and produced by Keith Beavers and Katie Brown. The music you're hearing is by Darby Seesai. The cover art you're probably looking at was photographed by M. Cooper and designed by Danielle Grinberg. And a special shout out to VinePair co-founders Josh Mallon and Adam Teeter for making all of this possible. 